0: from entrepreneurs to thought leaders. Adversity is what makes us different. It shows how far you have to go and just how far you've come. Many blessings. what's happening beautiful people welcome to the many blessings podcast and today we have a super special guest he is out of atlanta georgia but he is a friend of mine that i have had for at least six years probably going on closer to eight years at this point point. His name is Deshaun Harrison. He is a writer and community organizer. He is doing so much on the ground level of advocating for people and human rights. So stick around. We are going to thank our sponsor very quickly, and then we will be right back. Welcome back, beautiful people. I have a super special guest with me here today. His name is Deshaun Harrison. He is currently residing in Atlanta, Georgia, if I have that correctly. But we met in Wilmington, North Carolina. We went to the same high school, Go Vikings, even though that wasn't the best school in town. So Deshaun, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, talk to the people a bit about what's going on for you, and then what's something unusual about you that most people
1: don't know? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, so I'm Deshaun, and I actually would argue that Hargert was the best school in town. Oh, no. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're lost, my friend. You're um, lost.
1: I mean, listen, you know, like, of the other three schools, who was better?
0: I mean, I had some cool friends at other schools, but I don't...
1: <laughs> you know, yeah, I had some great friends at all the other schools. <laughs> <laughs> um, Um, But yes, I am uh, a community organizer here in Atlanta, Georgia, as well as a writer. Um, So I do work within the community around a lot of different things, um, mostly boiling down to like gentrification, police brutality, um, and environmental justice, and so forth and so on. Um, And I write around all these things too, around race, class, gender, sex, sexuality, so forth and so on. Um, And sometimes, you know, I travel... The country and outside the country to speak on these things so mm-hmm. just uh, a little bit about what i do and sometimes i don't want to do any of that but <laughs> fair it's <laughs> but a heavy subject it work, you know, Say that again
0: uh, it's a heavy subject so like sometimes there's probably some days where like yes. it's a heavy burden on your heart
1: absolutely it's like um it's some days you know like just talking about all these different things and all the ways that um Black folks in particular experience using very different types of oppressions all at one time. It can be a lot sometimes, but um, I also do it like, you know, liberatory work, and I think that it helps me to um, liberate myself, and I'm hoping that it allows others to find some sort of freedom um, in their own existences. So. So that's a
2: tangent
1: for a different moment. Um, <laughs> it's all, but, we could uh, definitely dive into that stuff right after this, but hit
0: hit the people with the, the something unusual about you that most people don't know. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I, um, don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, I got one for you. Everybody, I know Deshaun is a shower singer. Don't, don't let him fool you. He will, he will sing a note and hit a tune for you.
1: <laughs> okay. That's true. That's true. That's true. A lot of, If they're not close friends like you, then they wouldn't know, but that's true. Like, a lot of um, folks here are kind of learning that, I think. But, yeah, I have been a musician all of my life. Um, I used to um, sing in church and, like, do praise and worship and whatnot. And um, now that I'm no longer identified as Christian, and so, therefore, I'm no longer, like, in church, Mm -hmm. I don't thing as often like in public but it definitely is like music in general is definitely still like a big passion of mine I'm like always um always like finding new like new things to love about music and talking about music theory and mm-hmm. all that shit so I guess that is that can be like the one thing about me that a lot of people might not know um <laughs> because in my writing and my order that obviously doesn't come up a lot but it is like one of my passions so yeah
0: there we go. Yeah, see, that, that wasn't so hard, everybody. Everybody's got a little bit something unusual about them. Um, but why don't you, so you kind of talked a bit about um, what you're doing right now. And and really, it, there's, there's so much that you're doing, so much that you're advocating for, so many different people that you're standing up for and being at the front lines of that. Why don't you talk a bit mm-hmm. about, you know, what you've been doing, what's happening on the ground level? Like, what should people know that are listening right now that, you know, maybe don't know about... Uh, transgender issues or just issues of, of race or environmental racism or police brutality? I mean, I know these are big questions, mm-hmm. but if you can give us a nice brushstroke across each of these subjects, uh, the floor is yours.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, so like, I think that it's important for folks to understand exactly like how um, these many, 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 many different things intersect with one another, right? So, so like, a person a person can be for example um a fat black dark skinned um trans woman who was queer and who was poor right mm-hmm. and so she grows up she's this this woman who grows up in um in the south in in the hood and under poverty right and she's existing in places where there are um industrial plants close by right so she's she is um experiencing like health issues this, She's breathing she's in an air mm-hmm. that is Unclean, that is not um, good for her. So she develops asthma. Um, but then she's not able to really go to see a doctor because she doesn't have health insurance because she's poor. Or mm-hmm. when she goes to the doctor, she's gendered or treated differently because she's read as a man, but she identifies as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also, she she goes to the doctor. She's told like that she has asthma, and the doctor doesn't take into accountability or into account, rather, that she has asthma because of her environment and not because of her weight. or so a doctor puts her on a diet that mm-hmm. doesn't really ultimately help her. Um, because the doctor feels that all her issues stem from her weight. Um, if she even gets to see a doctor, because again, she's poor with no health care, and she's also a trans woman. Right. Um. And so then, of course, like she's black, and so we we hear about all these different black women who uh, go into birth. There's a lot of celebrities who have talked about this, with, from Cardi B to right. Um, the, the, to the pain level pneumonia. of any black woman. Exactly. Like, and and we've seen that, like, just in 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 history, how like gynecology. The, the father of gynecology was, like, came, came up, that came about through, like, thinking of black women as these, as these extra strong beings who could take pain that other folks just couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, all these things, like, telling that story of, of this fat, black, dark-skinned trans woman who is poor from the hood, like, you don't think about, like, how they all intersex, but then, like, she's... That one story is about the same woman who is going to see this, like this doctor, if she's able to, because she doesn't have care, she doesn't have money to pay for a doctor and she's trans. So they're also misgendering her and mistreating her, but then they're also mistreating her and misdiagnosing her because mm-hmm. they're not considering her environment where she is breathing in unclean air, but they're considering that she's fat. And so therefore she must be someone who, um, who just has to lose weight in order to not breathe so heavily or in order to, to be able to breathe better. Right. But mm-hmm. then like, um, she is walking down the street when she leaves from the doctor's office um, and she is unable to find a job because people don't want to hire trans women or hire queer folks or mm-hmm. hire fat folks, right? Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of, there's a major gap of disparity between like um, thin folks and and fat folks and like cis folks and trans folks and white folks and black folks, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. that keep folks from getting jobs, that keep them from getting housing, that keep them from getting um, the proper medical care. So she's walking down the street and she's being, harass- she's walking down the street and she's engaging in sex work because, survival sex work rather, because she's not able to find another job. Mm-hmm. And so the police are beginning to harass her. Um, and instead of um, helping her in a in a way that people like to think that police are supposed to do, which a lot of us know that it's not the case, right? Like police were built from catching slaves. That is yeah, our police facts. history. And a um, lot of people, but, just a
0: real quick tangent. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't like to accept that fact, but if you just do a little bit they of don't. digging, you'll find <laughs> out like there is a very bad history about like where police come from, like where they're from. Right.
1: Exactly right. Like like police um, literally were were birthed in America from slave patrol. Mm-hmm. That's where our modern day like police system comes from. Um, so this this black trans woman, this fat black trans woman, this queer trans woman is walking down the street and she's being harassed by police and instead of police helping her, which is what most people think that she would need, they instead harass her, right? Like they may even beat her. They may put her in the back of the car and take her, they're telling her they're taking her to jail, but before they take her to jail, they take her to a side street and they rape her mm-hmm. um, because she is thought of as just an object and she's thought of as just a being and not as a person, a human being to actually be engaged as a human being. Um, but then she goes to prison and she's put in in a, in a jail that's specifically for men, not for women. Right? And she's taken off of her hormones, so she's not allowed to have her her hormones which help her to um, to produce more estrogen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like all and all these things work together. they create an environment for um, for folks to to be um, disenfranchised and to be marginalized in society. And so I give that as an example because these are some of the things that that I advocate for that I organize around, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times I think people um, don't oftentimes consider what Patricia Hill Collins, who is a feminist scholar, um, names as the matrix of domination, where these interlockings of, of systems of oppression and systems of domination work together for one human being. Myself, for example, I am... I am fat, I am black, I am dark-skinned, I am poor and I'm not binary and queer right So mm-hmm. I have all these things working against me when I present when I bring my full self into um, into a space right um, that plays a role in whether or not I get a job or plays a role in whether or not I get housing or plays a role in whether or not I get the proper medical care or um, even like in in like relationships and and engaging sex and things like that like mm-hmm. it plays a role in desirability and in beauty. Um, And like what is considered desirable, what's considered beautiful and how that is engaged, whether or not your body is engaged as um, a human being who who exists within this body or as uh, an object to fetishize, right, Right. or to not engage at all. so i'm going like i'm being very long winded obviously but that that's is, okay like, let uh, let, it, let the
0: people have it need, we'll break some of these <laughs> concepts down and just in just a few minutes i'll ask a couple questions so deshaun can kind of break some of this stuff down i know there's some listeners that are like this is a lot but is, these are right, these right. are relevant <laughs> things that people like people have died like there there is um i just recently just to go on a tangent of my own i just recently got the got to produce a video uh for transgender people for the hospital here in wilmington and you know a brave soul ended up standing up and and sharing his story but you start to really find out that like 40% of transgender people attempt suicide sometimes in their sometime in their life and and and, and the suicide rate for trans women is is much higher than most people would say. I think it's 35 percent. I, I don't, I don't have that exact mm-hmm. statistic, it's but I know. It, yeah, it's, right, it's in thirty percent. So, like, when you when you think about that, it's like thirty percent of trans women out here are killing themselves. And when you really look at those right. kind of facts, it's like, all right, everybody, excuse the language, but stop being a dick because you're really affecting some people out here. So, go, go ahead and finish up your statements.
1: No, yeah, I agree with that one hundred percent, and um, I think that I'm just I'm giving these real life examples to to make clear just about um that while not everyone exists with all these identities at one time of course mm-hmm. um like anti-fatness affects um fat white people who are cis-het men about cis that i mean cisgender and heterosexual men mm-hmm. um, but it affects them in a very different way than it would someone who is fat that queer and trends, right mm-hmm. um, and like and, and how how the um, interworkings of 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 each of these um identifiers and um, points of domination really begin to affect a person um, on a on a more structural level as well as an interpersonal level when um they exist with with more identities and therefore exist further on the margin so yeah
0: right. So, we're going to get into a we're going to get into a couple questions first off extremely yeah. powerful for everybody listening like if it sounds heavy it's because it is. It's it's because it is. Um, but Deshaun, just to, to break the ice real quick, uh, I saw a tweet from you recently where you quoted an artist, or uh, I guess maybe a friend of yours, but I think it was an artist, who tweeted something like, mm-hmm. I'm so fat. And they were like, thinner than I am. And I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a lean, mean machine, but at the same time, they were thinner than I am. And you quoted the tweet and were like, what is wrong with small people? Or like, what is wrong with skinny people that y'all are like,
2: with
0: their- <laughs> complaining <laughs> that you're fat? And it's just like, what do you Talking about yeah. you're so this is extremely insensitive. Like, yeah, you can be overly body conscious, but you know, uh, even in just my experiences recently, like if if you are just a regular old person, you know, heterosexual, male, white you're probably not as mm-hmm. body conscious as the woman that, that you're, that you're talking about Let's see, the, the fat, black, dark, trans queer woman. Like I wrote that down. Right. That's how I got it on. Like my memory, you know, my memory, <laughs> like like, I I <laughs> you were like, all right. Okay. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, like there's just, there's just no way that, that you're in a, in a, in a regular body in, in that, in that heterosexuality going to be as body conscious as, as that person. Um, And even just to share my own little story, it's a little bit adjacent and it's definitely within, you know, a mixed skin as, as, you know, uh, emotional as we are, but we have, I I was doing applications, you know, before I started up Blue Roll and my businesses that I'm doing now. And I was putting out applications and I did my own little social experiment, a.k.a. I was a mm-hmm. communication major. We like to do that stuff sometimes. And I would go out and I would turn in an application. And one application, I would say that I was mixed or two or more races. And on another application, mm-hmm. I would put in that I was black. You would be surprised for everybody listening and maybe Deshaun included, but probably not because he's he's cut from this cloth. He, he knows what it is. I never right. got a callback when I put black. I only got callbacks from applications that I put that I was two or more races or mixed. And at times I was putting mm-hmm. that application into the same and in like into the same, uh, like system. So like Harris Teeter, for example, has two or three different stores. Um, and one, one store I would put mixed and one store I would put black. And that can just show you mm-hmm. listening that even, even me in, in my mixedness as, as just being a, being a, a straight mixed male that it, it, even this does affect me that me and my mixedness has more privilege than just putting black. And they, they don't have a picture of me at all. They just see, Oh, I'm just checking a box. Um, so Deshaun, one mm-hmm. thing to kind of break down for everybody, uh, I'm going to ask you this first question and and see how you kind of respond. Have you know, like the, mm-hmm. the privilege scale, like we would say that like the white Aryan race male straight is like the top of uh, top of that scale. Um, what is kind of the top and bottom of the privilege scale in your perspective from the ground level? Like, who really is that most marginalized, disenfranchised folk, and who is that person that really is just like they can wake up and walk into a six-figure job?
1: <laughs> right. Um, so, a couple things. One, I um, I push back a little bit on on the term privilege. Okay. And I know, like a lot of us, a lot of us use that term all the time, and I used to use it a lot too. But I think Privilege implies that it's something that you can opt out of uh, at a certain point, and the reality is that you can't. Like, like, um, and to, so to answer your question, like,
0: what's that? Uh, what's that white, better word though? Because I got, I'm writing this down. Like, what do I got to learn I, today? That's what
1: I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to tell you. Okay, in, in a minute, um, a white cisgender heterosexual Christian, um, rich, um, able-bodied or non-disabled thin man um, would be the person who holds the most power. And okay. that's the word I use outside of privilege because he has a particular structural power within this society that, that say, uh, fat black dark in, um, disabled trans queer woman mm-hmm. wouldn't have, or like, uh, or even a person who is like outside of the gender binary at large. So, um, like not even a woman, but like a non-binary person or, um, an agender person, or so forth and so on. So mm-hmm. those are like the the top and bottom of, of who is most empowered in society and who has most of their power stripped from them. Okay, um, if that makes sense. And and I also I mentioned Christian because Christians in a Western society have power, um, a particular structural power where non Christians do not.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you if you say you're I mean, even if you it's the same person um, that you just mentioned, but you change Christianity to Muslim, it's just like, no, it's just like there's definitely a cut there, um, especially after like certain big, you know, events, 9-11, for example, all these wars that we've been in, the war on terrorism, you know, we we have a current mindset in Western culture that's like, okay, This religion over here isn't as good as our religion over here. So thank you for that. Because I've kind of in this week been adjusting some certain words that I know that like, okay, this word is phasing out and this word is phasing in. But again, I'm not as close to the sun as you are. So I like that you used one word that is going to lead into another question because I'm going to let you break into some of these topics. Feel free to get long-winded because there's probably going to be some people that don't, they're not going to know what these words are. So go ahead and run everybody through cisgender, non-binary. What do these terms mean? Like when you're, when you're calling someone cisgender, what does that mean versus non-binary versus a couple other main terms?
1: Yeah. So um, a cisgender person in the most basic of terms, and I'll I'll complicate it further in a moment but in the most basic of terms a cisgender person is the opposite of a trans person right mm-hmm. so, so so i'm gonna give like a quick like gender and sex 101 biology course and like let's do how it to Try to keep it in 10 minutes. (laughs) So So many
0: listeners right now, 10 minutes, 10 10 minutes, 10,
1: 10, know. Right. Can I I get all this in like 10 minutes? Like (laughs)
0: some people are going to be walking on the 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 treadmill right now, like 10 minutes. I mean, I I was going to get off in five minutes, but I guess I can stay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they can, um, you know, like write off this down or something, because there is a lot to kind of unpack. And I've been, I do want to make known that I've been studying this for the last four or five years. So, I understand that like a crash course might not be as productive for, for some, but I'm hoping that what I can do is introduce folks to things that they'll go and research themselves. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so gender one oh one. gender, the concept of, of gender is a colonial concept, it's a colonial project, um, or rather the gender, the gender binary is a colonial project. So no one is born a boy or a girl, no one is born a man or a woman, right? Mm-hmm. We are assigned these, um, these identities, um, based off of, um, patriarchal colonial structures. So when you're born, if you're born with a penis, they assign you male. If you're born with a vagina, they assign you female. But the reality is that not only are there folks who are intersex who are born, but also there are just like the only thing that people use as as a um, gender or a sex modifier or, or identifier is um, the genitalia that you're born with. Right. A lot of people who are, born with, um, who are born with a penis don't have XX chromosomes or don't have, like, all the particular chromosomes that are supposed to be assigned to men. But, like, during birth, somebody, the doctors don't actually check how many chromosomes you have or what type of chromosomes you have or what type of, like, um, genetic makeup you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they just look at your genitalia and they determine from there. So, um, in that regard, g- gender and, and, and sex are a social construct. Um, and they're, they're social constructs that have very, very real material conditions and material consequences, um, but they are a social construct nonetheless. So, um, again, trying to keep it under 10, under ten minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> Keep it going. Um, yeah,
0: keep it going. We're, we're listening to you. We're just like digesting.
1: <laughs> so um, so when you're born, you're assigned male or female at birth, um, and that oftentimes people who are intersector or who may not identify with either and we are socialized and that is a sociologist that's a sociology term we're socialized or we're trained to um to um
0: like subscribe to on one of the these role, areas yeah
1: right to take on the role of whatever we're assigned right mm-hmm. so so sometimes you also hear me saying amap or asap but that means a signed bell at birth and that would be what I am, right? Like I'm non-binary, which I'll explain further in a moment. But I, but I was assigned male at birth. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are non-binary people who were assigned female at birth, and people who were assigned male at birth. But anyway, so at birth, you're assigned a particular gender based off your genitalia, mm-hmm. and uh, the person who grows up to. To, I, to agree with that identifier, right? The person who gets older and says, you know, I was a, I was assigned boy or male at birth, and I still identify as a male, I still identify as a boy, I still identify as a man, um, that person would be considered cisgender. Whereas a person who is transgender is a person who was assigned, maybe they were assigned male at birth, but they don't really identify with, with maleness, they don't really identify with boyhood, don't really identify with manhood, they identify with being a woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, that person would be considered transgender. But then you have the folks who are um, assigned male at birth, like myself, who grow older and say, you know, like, I don't really identify with maleness or boyhood or manhood, but I also really don't identify with um, being a female or with being a girl or a woman. Like, I don't, neither neither of those boxes really fit for me. So I'm non-binary. But but non-binary is an umbrella term for folks who, um, exist outside of the gender binary structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so a person, or I use my binary as, as just my gender identifier, period. But there are people who use it as an umbrella term, and under that term, they'll be agender, meaning they, they don't identify with gender at all. Okay. Or they're bi-gender, meaning that they have two different genders. Or they are... Um, so many other things i want to i want to get into too many terms but right because um, it can it
0: can really open like, up into this this umbrella of all these other uh like micro cultures of the big umbrella culture
1: right which is just non-binary mm-hmm. um and so well, that is like a really quick and i think i did another five minutes really quick rundown of like what um like of gender sex biology 101 crash course uh uh-huh. um, What gender is, what sex is, and and what these three terms, cisgender, transgender, and um, non-binary are. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to be clear, like, it it is cisgender and transgender with no E.D. at the end, right? So, like, they're not transgendered, um, we're not (laughs) transgendered. Yeah. So cisgendered person, like, they are cisgender and they are trans. And I say that because so many people talk about trans folks as if they are, um, I'm saying they, but because I'm talking about binary trans folks, but as Mm -hmm. as if we... Are not because um, I think non binary folks are included in trans men, mm-hmm. but anyway, so many people talk about trans folks as if we are not um, people, as if we're just like adjectives, right? Um, and um, well, let
0: me, ask, we're not, you, right? let me like, ask you this quick question, real quick. Because a- after mm-hmm. this, after the shooting of this video, I kind of found that you know, the person who I was interviewing told me that transgender, the trans part of that should be used as an adjective. And so that's why we say trans woman, trans man. Would you agree or disagree Absolutely. with that? Okay. Okay. So it's not, it's not that trans isn't an adjective. It's that it needs to be used as an adjective, but don't place that adjective as if that's it a person. A person. Right. Right.
1: Exactly. So like people will say a trans.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, like back in the day, like, like our, our great, great, uh, you know, uh, grandfathers and mothers would say like, oh, there goes a tranny. Or even some of our parents were probably subject to that. We're like, that's a whole person. It's just like, no, that's very offensive.
1: And that's a slur that, right. <laughs> that, that like that we shouldn't be using. And like, and a person is not a trans. They are a trans person. Exactly. Uh, but also really like to, to to take it a step further, when talking about trans people and non-binary folks and, and, gender-not-conforming people, um, mm-hmm. who all fall under the same umbrella of transness. Um, when talking about folks like us, the only time you really even need to, to use that identifier, that trans identifier, is when there is something that is, um, Like it's when we're talking about something related to trans people. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about like, like if somebody says, I'm just really attracted to this woman, there's no reason to say in front of that, I'm really attracted to this trans woman because trans women are women, right. and trans men are men. And so like if you're attracted to this person who is a woman or a man whether they're trans or not they are the person you're attracted to right right and so that that is enough for you to say i'm attracted to this person mm-hmm. um and so unless we're talking about like trump um ban and, and and like and we're talking or like we're talking about like hb 51 with um or not hb2 HB um in north carolina the the bathroom bill in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Unless you're talking about things that are directly related to transness and and like the trans identity and the trans experience, mm-hmm. there's no need to use that as an identifier.
0: Right, and and that's what I kind of discovered as well is that the reason why we're focusing so much on okay, what's this for the adjectives? What's this? What's this? What's this for your pronouns? How are we going to label that? Is because um, the local hospital here, New Hanover Regional Medical Center, is working overtime to make sure that we're you know the 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 um fat black queer trans dark-skinned woman that you mentioned earlier we need to make sure that if she Mm -hmm. comes into the hospital that she is welcome right one she feels welcome but two that we don't diagnose her incorrectly as like okay even though you have this that and the other how do we make sure that we don't we don't prescribe you something that is going to throw off your entire network right now like how do we continue to enhance you how do we continue to support you along your journey without making you feel uncomfortable and so that's where in the healthcare Mm -hmm. field specifically These these words are are now actually finally coming to the light, which I find interesting. Um, But outside of that, now it's just really becoming like a a bigger and global conversation to where like even in my everyday life, like just call people people like you are a person. And then, you know, have that conversation or be willing um, the person who I got to interview again, like they're going to give you certain questions to ask, like instead of just like assuming or, or, or stepping up to the plate and saying, I know what's best. And you're, you look like this, AKA you're this. Why don't you have a conversation with people? (laughs) Ask them you like, uh, this person said that, you know, you might be the only person all week that asks, well, what are your pronouns if you actually get into that conversation? And to actually have mm-hmm. that conversation, well, like, I mean, in a place like Wilmington, North Carolina, will be, like, life-changing for you. Right. Like, you might have a new best friend right. that you didn't even realize was, was going to be your, your best friend.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, and I like, those conversations are really important to be had, especially in places like Wilmington, in, in these small, rural, like, cities and towns that... Um, oftentimes don't come with the same access and resources that you will find in places like New York and Mm -hmm. in LA and, um, and like these larger cities. Um, so yeah, I definitely, like, I, am glad to hear that that's happening. I am not really closely connected to, um, a lot of the, um, queer and trans community in Wilmington, mostly because I left, but also because Wilmington is such a white city. That is, um,
0: I mean, over over that, for, that, for those of you who don't know, over seventy percent. I think, I, yeah, uh, we might even be like close to eighty percent.
1: And it, it wasn't always right. Like it wasn't. Right, that is, That's a whole nother a, yeah. a whole race war. <laughs> yeah,
0: there was a for the again like there's not
1: probably not even seven. a
2: race
0: war. It's
1: really a genocide. Yeah, it was it a real. Really
0: it was a it was a takeover. It was it was a slaughter.
1: Right. Right, and for those of you um, who don't so know, like,
0: me and Deshaun could go all day about that. Just just research Wil- <laughs> like eighteen ninety eight Wilmington, North Carolina. If you just research eighteen ninety eight Wilmington, you're yeah, right. you're gonna sleep bad tonight. You're not gonna have good dreams.
1: Right, no, for real, it's a whole a whole different thing. So like, um that plays a role also in in my like lack of connection to the community there because. Um, I, before I am anything else I am my my center and my focus is black people mm-hmm. because black folks are by and large the most disenfranchised and most marginalized folks in the world mm-hmm. um and because white supremacy is a global phenomenon um and anti-blackness is a global phenomenon so um so even in in like white queer and trans faces a lot of times there's a lot of there's a lot of anti-blackness um that, that seeps through and, and anti-fatness and other things too, but anti-blackness specifically. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I don't know a ton about, um, about a lot of the community here, but I'm glad that, that I'm glad to hear that that's happening. Um, like slowly, small cities, slowly, big but surely. Really right. Right. <laughs> small cities, big towns really need that, especially, especially in um, healthcare services, what we call it um, and academia and i hate saying we but i have to recognize i am somewhat in academia anyway <laughs> yeah as um, woke as you refer- are i mean at the end of the day you're you're smart <laughs> like you're smart you gotta- <laughs> I, hate, I hate it so much but i have to be honest about my my place there yeah um but we refer to it as like the medical industrial complex mm-hmm.
2: because
1: um it just like the prison industrial complex mm-hmm. um, largely um, disenfranchises and marginalizes um like, it, it, it's an entire, it, it is an entire industry built off of disenfranchising and marginalizing um, black folks, trans folks, fat folks, et cetera. Um, and so, like, the medical industrial complex, the prison industrial complex, the diet industrial complex, all those things work in tandem with one another. Um, mm. And I think that's also important to mention that. So yeah.
0: There we go. So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I really like that. So to go ahead and uh, cover up a couple of different points that you just uh, brought up, and something that I really want to highlight here that really isn't talked about, um, at least for probably you know the popular news and everybody who's probably listening to this, these Mm anti-fat issues that. We really haven't yeah. had the big conversation of, well, why are our models looking like this? Why are our models, you know, size two, three? And and for the women, like, I really don't know if that's a good size for you, but I, I think oh. a size two or three is small. Either way, we have these extremely petite, small, skinny women that are almost impossible. And same thing for the guys, you know, on the fitness side, if you go too much into your fitness journey, you're going to start following guys that have been juicing on steroids and been doing all these different, um, hormones that make them grow large. And so that's just not Mm -hmm. the definition of beauty for humans. It's much bigger. And, and, and the scale is, is everyone, you know, one side of the scale should not be deemed as ugly or, you know, ew or, Oh, you have this. And it's just like, no beauty is, but what, what beauty is. Um, so I really like that you're standing up for those people. And Deshaun, you, you've given us, want a lot a lot to think about and chew on um just just a lot and so i mean we have you know trans issues that you're standing up for police brutality environmental racism um just entire like as i just covered just anti-fat issues or fat issues Um, We have, uh, goodness gracious, you you went from the top and the bottom of (laughs) of the power scale, which now now I'm going to change my word instead of saying privilege, your power, which I I really like because I'm in communication we call... Um, there's certain different kinds of communicators and one of those is a power communicator um, indicators uh-huh. of this are when a person knows a lot about a subject they talk a lot when they don't know a lot they shrink themselves we can also identify like you know when you're going to the club and you see that group of people over there and that and that one person whether they're at the front the middle or the back just has that swagger it's just walking with that that, that alpha personality <laughs> in their eyes you are a power uh-huh. communicator you can identify that they're like who has the ranking like what is the ranking um, and so I definitely like that twist on looking at who really has power in a certain situation because it's not something that you can remove. And I like that, you know, privilege is something that you can kind of like give or take or or move around. I like that it's moldable. Right. Um, so Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much for all of that. We're going to take a quick break. Thank our sponsor okay. and be right back to the personal questions. You ready for that? I'm ready. All righty, right. We'll see you all in a minute. Welcome back, everyone, to the Many Blessings podcast. We are still here with my good old buddy, old pal, Deshaun Harrison. (laughs) So we're going to go ahead and jump right back into this content. Um, And Deshaun, we're going to move it to a little bit more personal stuff for you, more, you know, Mm -hmm. your journey, your experience. You know, over the break, we were kind of starting to talk into, you know, these anti-fat issues, fat issues, you know you know, skinny people have had the rain for too long. So tell the people kind of like what's going on is in, in this world of like, what's the psychology behind why fat people have been marginalized? Like why, why do so many of us look at a, a fat person and think they're gross instead of thinking they're beautiful?
1: Yeah. So what a lot of people don't know, because fat studies is a, is a fairly um, new development, right? Like gender studies is pretty new and and trans studies is pretty new. Fat studies is even newer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of folks still still don't necessarily view fatness as an identifier or as a point of oppression. But the reality is that just like the war on drugs, and just like the crack epidemic, and just like the war on terrorism, um, the oh, the obesity epidemic was something that was built um, that was that was built off of falsified information and through our government and the medical industrial complex.
2: So mm-hmm.
1: like um there is a book called i'm trying to think about it it's called fat politics the real story behind america's obesity epidemic um and it basically it basically goes into um detail about our obsession with obesity and with over with being overweight is much much less about health because if you look at the actual science there is little to no science that points back to um fatness as as a um a reason for death Mm -hmm. Like being fat does not automatically give you uh, health issues and it doesn't automatically kill you. Like that is falsified science and falsified information made up by our government and by medical industrial complex um, to push uh, an agenda against fat people Mm -hmm. um, and against, uh, and and we call that the obesity epidemic, but it's much less about actual science and about actual health. And it's much more about creating a culture and a a system around anti-fatness, which, the diet industry that the medical industry and that media industry can all profit from. Right. Um, So, like, with the war on drugs, you know, like, it was a way for the prison industrial complex to make money off of Black people being incarcerated. Um, So numbers skyrocketed while more and more Black people were murdered because government was planting drugs in our community. Um, People were finding ways to, to like, plant shit just onto Black people Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, and locking us up for it. In that same way, like um, people have planted evidence in science, they planted like um, um, like propaganda and media and shit like that to build the diet industry, to build the medical industrial complex, and um, in the medical industry that would say that fatness is a killer, It's a killer disease. And in order for you to um, to not have high to not have high cholesterol or have hypertension. Or to be at risk of a stroke or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you have to lose weight, but you really don't have to lose weight. The reality is that these things were were um, created as a way for these industries to make money. The mm-hmm. diet industry is a multi-billion-dollar industry.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, all those, all those fat burner pills, all the, all the right, supplements that you're sold. The, the, yes.
1: The teas, all those things, and like that dates all the way back to the 1800s. Like that's not like. It's not a new thing at all. It, it dates back to the 1800s, but it becomes um, a, a more modified issue with the obesity epidemic because it, it's thought of as this thing that is murdering Americans more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And if if we've learned nothing from history, we have to know that um, America uses—this puts Americans at, a, at risk as their way to propagandize um issues that are not really issues. That's how the um, war on terror started and that's when we, we get the Homeland Security. People don't know that Homeland Security is only 15 years old. It's only a result of um, it's only a result of 9-11. Like, right. People like these things were, were used as a way to um, build anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant mm-hmm. policies. In that same way like um, when you introduce the obesity epidemic and you introduce um like yeah well yeah when you introduce the lbc epidemic you introduce this idea that um that americans are dying from fatness and so therefore we have to tackle it and in order to tackle it we have to put a lot of money into these large industries that allow them to make money off of things that don't actually work for fat people or for anybody at all right and we're going to say that it does because that's how it's supposed to work um even in, in things like the BMI scale, the BMI scale was actually something started in Europe that was right. never supposed to be about like individual health and mm-hmm. uh, folks in America took and and used that model that was supposed to be about like population and, and like overall, um, like mass, um, mass population. They use that to determine a person, a person's individual health. And it doesn't quantify or qualify, um, or consider really the fact that black folks in general are generally larger than white people. Right. Um, Our bodies are made up very differently. And so a lot of times you can be at at your thinnest and on the BMI scale, you're still considered to be overweight because the BMI scale doesn't really consider, um, the ways in which black people's bodies show up.
0: Yes. Let me, Um, let me just jump in here for just a second because yes, like I, even again, like, okay. So as I discussed earlier in this episode, mixed person, half black, half white. And for my entire life, I have been overweight by the BMI scale. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Deshaun seen me kind of grow up, but I am by, I am by no means like, you know, even if, if if I if I were to call myself fat on this episode, Deshaun's hanging up the phone right now. Everybody, you, you feel me? Absolutely. Like you know, there's, there's just there's just no way. Like yes, I've I've had a little tummy here from here and there, but I have never been able to be one that's been able to classify classify myself or get empathy from people about. Oh my gosh, I'm just I'm just feeling so fat today. Like again, Deshaun would hang up the right. phone, um, and so. <laughs> to kind of twist this as well because I know a lot of our listeners right now are probably going to be getting a little angry, you know, their butt cheeks are tightening up because they're like, what do you mean high cholesterol isn't real or this that and I know that's not exactly what you're saying, but to kind of break it right. open, one, I want to take a quick tangent and let everybody know that I found something recent this year that I want to go ahead and share that I learned recently that Viagra was basically created by marketers, by advertisers. So do the research Uh yourself. I don't have the exacts, but essentially Viagra was initially a heart medication. It was something that was going to help the heart. But on the trials Uh that they do on people, it failed in helping the heart. But all the guys that took it ended up having a, you know, a very good result. And that was that, you know, they had a hard on for the next couple hours, From that, that, those doctors, that group of doctors took it to a a marketing agency and said, how can we pivot this to sell it? And then they ended up pivoting it as, do you have uh, erectile dysfunction? And then boom, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden Viagra takes off. So advertisers, marketers created the term erectile dysfunction. And that is really, it's it's Mm -hmm. a different subject than anti-fatness. But really guys, this, and everybody listening, this is, this is something that it just shows you that there's more going on behind the scenes when it comes to our health care, when it comes to what we're told about how we should look, what we should be, and what's going on inside right. us. So Deshaun, go right. ahead and break into a little bit more of this subject of kind of like health versus fat and talk to the people about how, you know, people who are like me who are, you know, fit go to the gym, this, that, and the other, tight, skinny people turn over and croak and have heart attacks and strokes in the middle of their sleep. And there are some fat people that are out here living longer and healthier
1: lives than most skinny people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, and and when I say this, thin folks, and by thin, I mean how you're socialized as a, as a person who is not fat. Thin people always get their pains in a bunch when i say this because my it's thought to be radical but (laughs) the reality is that health health is not an actual thing Mm -hmm. um by very by the very definition of 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 health which i also critique a lot but by the very definition of health most people 99.9 percent of people in the world are not healthy because the idea of health is that your mind your body your spirit are all together um well Right, right, exactly. But the reality is that many of us live with mental health issues, which, is would all of that, discount us from actual health. Right, or the um, most of us who have like aren't even about.
0: touching the spiritual realm.
1: Right, right. But the only time we ever talk about like actual health is when we're talking about fat people's bodies, and mm-hmm. that is done intentionally. That's done as a way to um, to further disenfranchise and marginalize fat people, especially fat Black folks, um, mm-hmm. because we're just automatically thought of as as unhealthy so i used to engage in conversations where i would talk about you know like how there are fat people who are healthy and whatever 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 but i've moved away from that conversation because for one um it's able in that there are fat people who are disabled and therefore cannot be healthy right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i'm a fat person but i also have a heart condition and my heart condition doesn't come from my fatness right it is a part of who i am therefore i'm automatically not healthy either Ooh, way, have way to sneak to that in there
0: i wasn't i wasn't you know what way to sneak that in there I, it's not my business <laughs> to, to expose everybody else's business but the people need to hear that that like you know th- this man literally has gone is it i'm gonna i'm gonna get this wrong is it two or three different heart surgeries now it was two yes yeah, and two Jeez. And and like how is anybody who's listening to this right now going to tell this man that he can't be healthy looking the way that he looks, and in, in his soul, and and identifying as he identifies, but because he has a little bit more weight on him than you do, that you're healthier than him.
1: Right. <laughs> it's a it's a very interesting thing. Like I've had I've, I've had two heart surgeries at this point in my life. Like I'm 22, mm-hmm. um, and my first one was when I was 17. My I was about to say 18. 17. Yeah, I was 17, and my second one was I think what. Twenty twenty one. I was about like to say like two years ago. Nineteen twenty one or nineteen twenty ish, maybe. Yeah, you were there for both of them. I don't right. remember, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, like, um, you know, like I've 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 had these things, and I've and I've sat in in, in offices where they're looking at me like literally everything about you is quote unquote healthy. Like my cardiologist told me this over and over and over again, like your cholesterol's perfect. Your blood pressure is perfect. Your blah, 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 blah is perfect. You just have this weight. Mm. So, like, my heart issue is not is not deriving from um, my fatness. It is just something. I, I, they don't even know where it's coming from still. Like, still to this day, you know, it's been, what, four, five years? And they right. still have no idea, like, where exactly this issue has come from. Um, but I don't even want to engage in conversations about whether or not fat people can be healthy because, the, the idea of the matter is that most of us, by definition, are not healthy. Mm-hmm. And so we should, we should be pushing away from the conversation around healthiness and more about how we can show up for and protect fat people and how we can show up for and protect disabled people, right? Because those, like, fat people, disabled people, in the, and those of us who live at the intersections of both mm-hmm. um, are the ones who are being disenfranchised by, by society, by structural violence, by so forth and so on um, in a way that arguing about health does not help. Um, like we can have whole debates about who is healthy and who is not. And I promise I'll win. Cause I've done more research <laughs> than people who, who go, go work out. Right. Like <laughs> Right. I, yeah. I, now,
0: more than the average person is going work. there and lifting things up. You're like, okay, I could probably train you better than you're training yourself right now.
1: Literally. Like, <laughs> like, and I can, I can say this to you. Cause I mean, we like, we're just like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I know you go to the gym. I know you work out and everything like that. And mm-hmm. I also know that you've come across a lot of people in the gym who probably have no idea, what they are actually talking about outside of what their own workout regimen is.
0: Oh, yeah, I mean and, and most things it's like most people are just like okay, I want to get abs and so they end up doing a thousand sit-ups and it's just like or you could right. adjust your diet <laughs> just slightly because most of this stuff like even mental healthness like take a moment to breathe like before you go to bed, put your phone down, read a book, like do something that gives your mind a Mm -hmm. space to breathe, you know, whether, whether Mm -hmm. you're spiritual or not give your spirit, give your aura, the being that you are a chance to like catch up to what you're doing. Like, yeah, just, just let it go. Just relax. And I feel like if a lot of people were to just to take a, a couple steps in their mental health and spiritual health, that their physical health would improve 10 times over um, so mm-hmm. yes, go, go ahead and go yeah. ahead and hit it. you can tell me anything, you know, I am, I am not too humble or I'm not too prideful <laughs> to be like, not checked about my gym stuff. No, no, no.
1: I, and I know that, which is why we will always be friends because mm. otherwise it wouldn't work. <laughs> yes,
0: facts. But, and one one but, of us would get too butt hurt.
1: <laughs> no, for real. Go ahead, Probably like, me. Um... <laughs> but I think that it's like, well, first of all, both of us are, are water signs, so Facts. we're both very sensitive. Yeah, but um, <laughs> horoscopes, <laughs> everybody,
0: horoscopes. Well.
1: <laughs> right, that's that's how we work as well because we just we just get each other. Yeah. But um, I I mentioned that just to say that you know a lot of folks who go to the gym. They go to the gym because for for various reasons, especially in, in the queer community and um, and just at large in society. Um, we are told that our bodies should look a certain way, that if we want to be treated with a particular amount of respect, be it like just on like a, a dating and social level or like mm. for a job for housing for medical, whatever whatever like we our bodies have to look a particular way. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't go to the gym for their own self they don't go to the gym because it makes them feel good or because they enjoy it or because it's like a relaxing thing for them to do. Right. They go to the gym because of the benefits that they get from it oh, and they yeah. may not admit that think about that but that's the reality is that and, li- and live close from-
0: to a beach. Yeah. Live close to a beach and see how like January, February everybody's going back to the gym to look good as they're right. laying out.
1: Or so that in, in July and in, in May, June, July they can go to Topsville Beach and Wrightsville Beach mm. and Carolina Beach and, and lay out on the sun and, and get the looks and, and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so like a lot of a lot of folks are not working out for, for the, those reasons. Like even like if you think about it, right, and, and I know you play Um, football so i know you know this already but Mm -hmm. if you think about it like professional football players are are oftentimes much bigger (laughs) than what they're told to be on the bmi scale true right and um like a lot of times um guys who like work or guys who are on the defense um are just really big guys Mm -hmm. and they're not looked at as people who are super unhealthy or people who um who are unable to like um to they're not look at as non human. Right. Because they are in a profession where they are their bodies for one are being used for people's entertainment. Most times mm-hmm. black bodies being used for white people's entertainment, which is another conversation to be had. Right. But also because like that's a whole different conversation. But also well, because we're just gonna
0: have to have you back. back. We're just gonna have to have you back on the show, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll do anything for you. You already know that. Um but also because um like when, when you are thought of as athletic, no matter what your body looks like, um, there is a lot of leniency given to you, um, in society, especially when, when that comes with money, right? Like mm-hmm. the leniency given to, um, a fat person in the, in, um, the NFL would not be extended to the person who played on harvest defense. Right. This is a very different scale because the money is not the same, obviously. And the the socioeconomic status and the cultural background, is not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm on a really long tangent, but that is like a general, like quick introduction to just how much anti-fatness and anti-blackness really work together mm-hmm. um, and how so much of what we understand about health and fatness and desirability and so forth and so on is, is built off of fabrication and propaganda right. um, to to marginalize and profit off of fat black people. Right.
0: And so everybody listening, go ahead and take a moment. Again, I know this is a lot of heavy stuff. You know, Deshaun has a big spirit, so you're just gonna you're just gonna have to bear with us because I understand him. This is why we can speak back and forth very quickly. But for some of you that are like babies in this subject, you're this is all gonna be taking you Way back in first surprise, and, and you're probably going to need to go do a little bit of research, you know, fo- follow Deshaun yeah. in certain areas. Like, it's, it's going to be a journey because this isn't something that you can sit down and in a couple hours understand in one night. You're going to have to take this right, bite sized pieces. So, a couple of different things to highlight for everybody one health is against fat. Like, first of all, if we're really even going to look at what health means, it's physical, mental, spiritual. Like, most of us aren't checking all of those off, most of us aren't doing something to fulfill our spirit or to give our minds Break, we just all pay attention to this physical thing. Like, am I going to the doctor? No. Am I sick? No. Do I look in the mirror and think I'm sexy? Yes. All right, I'm healthy. And that's and that's just not what it is. Also, you know, this whole you know, what is health? Health care versus sick care, like who's actually Mm -hmm. sick versus who is actually healthy. Um, and that health and and fat can coincide, can coexist. It's just this regular media programs that are being pumped into us that's saying, you know, Weight Watchers, The Biggest Loser, f- uh, like Slim Fast, all of these companies that literally mm-hmm. market to us to say, slim your body down. And and if you actually go up and follow up on some of these companies, I don't know if Slim Fast is still, se- is still selling, but I know that there have been a couple companies that have been called into question for fat loss pills and then people end up having to be on heart medication because now their heart won't yeah. work properly. Um, so the sh- Fast
1: is still selling and also Weight Watchers are selling and it. it has become a multi-billion dollar company even though they've also been sued for a lot of different things.
0: Well, I'm glad I'm not on that receiving end of that suing because uh, they're going to get it eventually. Like, the, the, uh. ball, the ball always <laughs> pops and I feel like we're, you know, the to kind of tangent a bit, we're definitely moving into a season of just life in general for everyone that says okay like we, it's, it's okay to be who you are like we should stop making fun of you and it's interesting to kind of see everybody take a moment take a step back and say okay i need to separate my person um and that this really isn't like as bad as it seems um so Deshaun, to go ahead and kind of move forward a bit and and everything that you're advocating for right now what is kind of a lesson from your childhood that you kind of use every day to to help these
1: people uh, um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I think that, I think that the biggest thing that I use from my childhood is, and, and this is just a Black people thing in general, um, it's just how committed I am to community. Um, I think that it's so important that in all this work that we build community around us, that we love with each other, that we show up for one another, that we are taking care of each other mm-hmm. um, in ways that, that just generally don't, um, don't happen if you don't have community around you. So the biggest thing that I can ever do for anybody is engage in community and create community around me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is the thing with, with like, I think about my friendships with, with folks like you, right. Mm-hmm. Like, where I, community is supposed to be something so special that if you, even if you don't talk to a person every single day, you know that you have each other's back, you know that you can call each other to, to, to ask favors or to or ask for advice or to give advice or whatever the thing may be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, community is about creating space for folks to be authentic and to be themselves and to, to share space with you in ways that they couldn't do outside of community. Um, and I think that that is one of the biggest things I've ever learned from my childhood. Just every every person I've built community with, for real, um, is somebody who is still near and dear to my heart um, mm-hmm. and, and still has a place within my own life because of the community that we built and the, and the space that we share. And I think that that is probably the biggest thing that I could ever do for anybody um, to, when we're talking about collective liberation.
0: Right. And even as you really like, uh, um, for everybody listening, if you really break into, uh, you know, suicide rates, human psychology, most times when people hit that low moment, even just, you know, everybody who suffers from depression, that we, there really is a conversation about people feeling alone. And even the most prideful of us who are out here always have a moment of feeling alone. Um, And so it's extremely important to engage in community and also to create a community around you. Like one, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to those people that are around you, but then also create a community that you want to be a part of, like create a friend group that is, is okay to be around that is, 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 like, excuse me, you're comfortable to be in and share yourself in. Um, Deshaun, something I've been working on, you know, actually for the last like week, like it's really something brand new, um, is I've uh, found a behavioral investigator who is kind of pushing forward these different communication styles of when we're adults, we kind of lose that we got a new friend feeling. Um, Because when we're kids, you know, we're going through elementary school and then high school and then college. And all of these different people who are in our classes end up being our friends or a couple people who we eat lunch with mm-hmm. are our friends. But as we become adults out of college or, and especially for people like us who may not be working a regular job, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard, it's hard for us to get friends. And we really should approach that as almost like dating, like be open to if someone comes near you and into your space to have a conversation with them, you know, and, and Deshaun mm-hmm. for, for you and I, like, I feel like we're both, a little bit more towards the introverted scales. Like our extrovertedness really isn't like totally abundant unless we're like extremely passionate about what's going on. Like we can definitely stand Mm -hmm. up for a cause. I think, uh, I think I feel like the term is ambivert. Do you know what that is?
1: ambivert yeah yeah it's That's where, exactly it yeah you
0: can you can flow back and forth so i definitely feel like we're a little bit more in that but our introversion can kind of make us shy and i know you know for me extremely there sometimes like what like when i'm in the gym like when i'm in the gym my gym is my church my gym is my relaxation i'm doing this so i can make sure i sleep better later like it's really kind of my way to like release all these endorphins and and feel good as i'm walking around later but I'm putting on a face and I have my headphones in of like, don't talk to me. Like, I'm working out right now. I'm here to gain three muscles. And it's, it's sometimes <laughs> difficult for me to, to step back and say, oh, snap. Like, you know, they were probably came into my space and I could have been like, oh, cool. Well, let me do squats with you or let's do bicep curls together, or you know, and not mm-hmm. not have that toxic masculinity. Like, look at my veins. Your, brain, like, your veins are puny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Right so yeah like go ahead
1: no i was i'm agreeing with you i think that um i think that goes back to kind of what i was saying like i haven't i haven't experienced um a a moment where i haven't been able to like find new friendships and that's because i am community has taught me to be very open Mm -hmm. about about like of course to be smart and and um and conscious of, like, who you invite into your space, but to be very open to, like, to receiving new friendships and to creating new experiences and new moments and building new relationships. And I think that's really important. I think that, you know, like, I, I think the whole, like, um love is love and all that shit can be kind of, like, reductive. Mm-hmm. But I think that an overall, like, um really important point is just to mm-hmm. be be mindful of, of, of the people who enter your space and, and be open to um, creating that space with folks because I think that that is really the key to our collective liberation is that we build community to to share these conversations with and to engage these conversations with, right, who will then go out and, and share more and create more community and build more community. Um, and I think that that is um, a really important part yes. to this organizing work.
0: So, yeah. yeah, definitely, and just to like add a little bit of a bead, like, I understand sometimes everybody like you're gonna get in your feels. I'm I'm definitely I, I get in my feels all the time. I love it. Like some people say, you need to separate <laughs> emotions from business and stuff, but I really do think that there's like power in being emotional, but that could just be me as a video producer. And, you know, like when I get into creating a video, like I put myself in those shoes, I try to have a lot of empathy in those moments, but you're a Pisces, it just happens. And, and I'm a Pisces <laughs> like facts, like, listen, I, I cry during the special moments. It just happens. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, and again, this could be a Pisces thing, but it's, for me, it's a lot about respect. Like I have a, a an innate belief that like, even if you're ignorant, but you're coming across as respectful and you have the look in your eyes like I want to learn that someone like me or Deshaun isn't going to blast you against the wall and say, oh, you shouldn't be using that word. You shouldn't be doing this when really we can see on your face that you're just ignorant, but you're interested. You're intrigued. You want to learn versus if you come at it with arrogance. And for those of you who don't know the difference, ignorance is you just don't know. or Arrogance is you don't know and you're, like, cocky about it. Like, you're, you don't know, yet you're, like, willing to stand up for it. And you want to think you're right. And that's a, right. That, that's a very dangerous place to be. So for any of you all curious about any of these issues, fat issues, trans issues, black issues, just anything, there's so many different things to stand up for nowadays, Find someone to talk to in these communities, and have respect as you approach them. Because as long as you approach them with dignity, honor, and respect, I promise you they're not going to like turn you away. And if they do, they're just a bad person. But I, I truly do believe that like the bad people in this world who aren't willing to have an open and fair conversation are such a small percent that you're you're eventually going to run into somebody very quickly that's that's willing to have that open conversation. So, Deshaun, they, so- go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I just wanted to, like, say really quickly. Also, I think that it's just important to remember that, you know, like, people with, with these particular identities are maneuvering the world every day and are experiencing structural violence every single day. Mm-hmm. And that that shit can be really tiring sometimes, right? So, like, sometimes, you know, even even if you approach it with the most, utmost respect for, for the person, they just might not have the spoon to, to engage that conversation with you, and that's okay. Facts. Um, and, and that to realize that, you know, like, these conversations are important to have, but also, for the most part, all of us have um, research tools right at our hands, right at our fingertips, with our cell phones, and we can hit up Google. And I know that not everyone knows, has gone to school, so not everyone knows how to research, mm-hmm. right? But even like a like a little Google search, for the most part, can sometimes benefit you in ways that um, talking to someone who is who just doesn't have the capacity to um, explain things to you mm-hmm. um, could. So, yeah, I think that's important to remember,
0: too. Yes. And thank you so much for adding that on, because then all of a sudden someone's someone was going to go out to somewhere and be like, okay, she she looks a little like this. So I'm going to go up there and be like, yo, tell me about trans issues. And it's just like, no,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you missed the whole point, (laughs) Jennifer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, for real. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Like everybody's patience can run thin. And so, you know, pr- proceed with caution. But like, let's say you're in an open forum and they invite the conversation. Like, it's okay to be ignorant in those moments. But listen to Deshaun's point that sometimes these people just aren't going to have the patience that day. Like we all have bad days. And I didn't mean to say that if they, you know, give you a bad attitude, that they're a bad person because Deshaun is 110% right. Like maybe they just took a calc test and their brain is fried or maybe they just yeah. got fired, or maybe they just had a long work, or and they're a server, and someone like spit at them. Like You have no idea what, what they went through. Um, right. So, Deshaun, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for like giving so much value to everybody. I feel like even I'm going to have to listen to this episode a couple times just to really get all these like micro-theories uh, and micro-concepts that you're throwing out, because I know that when... So, everybody listening, me, me and Deshaun have a a secret bet going on that one day when we're older, we're going to be on live TV and have an open debate (laughs) where I'm going to cry three times and Deshaun's going to get angry one time because like, sometimes he'll make me cry, but it's going to happen. You you heard it here first. Uh, But Deshaun, go ahead and uh, hit us with that closing thing, that one key lesson from your journey that can kind of be shared with everyone that that one takeaway you really want everyone to, to listen to, to apply. Um, I know we kinda just hit it right there. We we kinda were just like, Be respectful. Yeah, I, think that, I think that's
1: what it was. <laughs> I think that's what it, I think that's what it is, you know, um to generally just be kind to folks, um, but also be mindful of the fact that um people walking the world with several several marginalized identities at once are generally experiencing a lot of fuck shit day in and day out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know it pays to be thoughtful about that, to be mindful of that, Mm -hmm. um, and to just, um, show up for these folks with care. Um, I think that that is the best thing I can, I can, I can give, like, you know, when I go through, um, a drive-through or something and I'm met with like, um, a black person who just generally just like doesn't they're not engaging with the best quote unquote customer service. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think about how for one, they're not being paid enough to be standing there doing the work that they're doing and have probably been there working very, very long hours and are generally tired and might be going home to like very different situations that are already difficult or coming from a very difficult situation. Like you just never really know. Um, and so, you know, like sometimes I just take what they give me and I tell them, thank you anyway. And I treat them with with as much, with as much respect because at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, um, that, I think, is just required, especially from Black folks to Black folks. So, um, yeah, I think that's really it. You know, treat folks with, with the necessary respect and recognize that people maneuvering the world, navigating the world um, with all these identities are just tired. Um, and sometimes we just need a, a break. And sometimes we need people to treat us with enough kindness for us to take that break.
0: Facts. All right, Deshaun, go ahead and plug uh, your stuff. You know your Instagram, your Facebook, your website. I know you've got a couple different yeah. things going on right now. Yes! <laughs> go ahead, and, uh, go ahead and plug yourself. Let everybody know like where they can find you, where they can find more information. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: So um, my Twitter is at underscore I am royal. So underscore I A M R O Y A L. My Instagram is. And actually, all these things are in um, my bio on or in my cover header on my Facebook and my Twitter. So you'll see it there, too. But my Instagram is the godly Sean, which is a name actually that Nathaniel came up with years ago. And I haven't changed it since.
0: Fact, Um, I tell so many people that I'm like, I feel so proud because whenever he goes viral, I'm just going to be like, yes, Deshawn, like you did it.
1: I literally tell people all the time, like I'm not changing it because my childhood best friend came up with
0: it, and I don't want to change it. So, <laughs> and it fits. Um, like, listen, and it, with everything you're doing now, if uh, like, listen, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus wasn't this white dude that everybody thinks he was. But if you're not godly, right. I mean, like, you're you're totally standing up for the universe and all you're doing. So it it somehow fits. <laughs> it
1: fits everything. I I agree. I'm I'm not going to fight you on that like I used to. <laughs> um,
2: but, but you have a you have a website as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, so D-A-G-O-D-O-Y-S-H-A-U is my Instagram. And then my website is just my first and last name.com, so com, And there you'll see um, my entire portfolio. You'll see um, my services. So I offer different writing and speaking services and my rates with that. Um, And, like, different interviews and stuff are on there as well. So, um, yeah, you know, check me out. You know, hit me up. Tell folks about me so I can make some more money because I'm also broke. Fact. Oh.
0: Welcome to the oh, journey, everybody.
1: Yeah. No, literally. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, again, Deshaun, thank you so very much for sharing your truth, you know, giving people your heart and really just kind of like letting everybody who's listened, you know, hear what's actually going on on the ground level for like true advocates. So we thank you. And for oh, all of those, you. Oh, you, you are so very welcome and everyone, he will be back. Facts. <laughs> I will. Yeah. I definitely will. So for everybody listening, many blessings and be safe. What's happening, beautiful people? I thoroughly hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you could, if you enjoyed what we had to talk about today, if you enjoyed the adversity that was overcome, if you could just please take a moment to give this podcast a rating or leave it a comment. If not, and you're like me and I I don't do reviews to save my life, if you could just give us a follow on Instagram at many blessings Podcast, that's at many blessings Podcast. Thank you so very much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We hope that this provided you with some kind of value to get through your current adversity. Now go out there and share this energy with the next person that you see.